Welcome to I Object with attorney Kalia Solano Johnson. Object. Always timely, never overruled, and lit and lit litigation. Here is where pop culture, news, and law unite. Welcome to the party. I'll be bringing to you a podcast with a twist. From pop docket to sips and sidebars to objection of the day. We will be covering all of your favorite celebrity court cases, legal news in the headlines, but we're going to try to understand it from a legal perspective. We're going to be talking about one of our faves. So the Real Housewives of Salt Lake City, Jen Shah, and her legal case that's happening. And then I'll be sharing with you guys my objection of the day. So that has to do with the women being prosecuted in the state of Alabama under drug laws for taking abortion pills. Now, I know, I know, I know it sounds very interesting and I have a lot to talk about with you. So let's not waste any time and let's get right to it right away. So on to the first segment where we're going to be talking about a very hot topic right now that's before the Supreme Court. So the current Supreme Court, which is a relatively new Supreme Court, has to decide whether or not affirmative action should stay in place, right? So we all know that hooray, 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 we just got our first black woman on the Supreme Court. Shout out to Katanji Jackson. So um, a little bit about me, as I said, I'm a civil rights attorney, specifically working within employment law. So why is affirmative action such like an interesting topic to me? Because my belief is that affirmative action essentially levels the playing field for minorities who don't get access and opportunities to employment opportunities and educational opportunities based on the color of our skin. So many organizations and companies have adopted an affirmative action policy to try to reverse racism and right the wrongs of racism that is inevitably embedded within the American society. I love America. I love my country. It's the best. So the conservative view on affirmative action is that it is totally unconstitutional because essentially you're making decisions based on someone's race. And... um The conservative view is that minorities should essentially be ashamed of opportunities that they get under affirmative action policies because you didn't necessarily get it on your qualifications. You got it because of a policy that's sort of letting people in that are minorities, right? But logically, if we accept the truth that there are inequities that exist within America and that America has a lot of work to do in terms of racial relations and racial equity, then we have to have systems in place that encourage justice, that encourage righting the wrongs, that encourage giving people, underprivileged people, opportunities to succeed. So affirmative action is essentially that. It's a form of positive discrimination, right, that helps counter the negative effects of racism within American society. So that relates to jobs, that relates to educational opportunities. So now we have to see what the Supreme Court is going to say about it. I'm curious about what your thoughts on it. What should this new Supreme Court do? 
we will see. And we here at I Object will, of course, keep you posted. This is the, the Pop Docket on I Object. Now, we object to this entire line of questioning as argumentative and irrelevant badgering of the witness. Moving on to our next segment, which is one of my favorites, the pop docket. So this is where we'll talk about hot celebrity cases that are in the news and uh, where some of your faves might be sitting in front of a judge or pleading something in uh, in a court case, anything of that nature. We're going to cover it on the pop docket. So today we're going to be talking about so spoiler alert. I'm a huge reality TV fan. I love every single franchise of the Housewives. And today we're going to be talking about the real Housewives of Salt Lake City, specifically one of my faves, Jen Shaw. Big shocker. If you're a fan of the show and you've been watching the show, then you followed it and you've seen that Jen Shah has been charged with uh, all kinds of charges from wire fraud to fraud and defrauding elderly people, a lot of millions. And throughout the show, Jen Shah has asserted her innocence. She said that she has done nothing wrong. She was falsely accused. And um, that was her stance throughout the show. So, um... Recently, however, she did change her stance on that. Um, as you know, uh, her, her assistant got taken down with the charges as well. And I believe he, he pleaded guilty to a number of charges prior to her pleading guilty. So um, Jen Shaw changed her, her stance from being innocent to pleading guilty. Right. And uh, that was a week before the trial was about to start in July. Jen Shaw pled guilty to a telemarketing scam that had been ongoing. Um, So she had denied taking part in the telemarketing scheme and um, that had come under the feds radar, right? The case contains charges of money laundering as well as conspiracy to commit wire fraud. So that's a lot of legalese. That's a lot of legalese. What does it mean? What does it mean? So I'm here to break it down to you and explain to you what it means. So generally, money laundering, to in its simplest term, is taking dirty money, which could be from a criminal enterprise, whether it be drug dealing, whether it be some sort of fraud. It is taking dirty money and trying to make it clean. So you're taking the dirty money and you're laundering it, you're washing it, right? The dirty money, washing it to make it clean. So money laundering 101, how do you make it clean? You funnel it into legitimate businesses. Legitimate businesses, meaning businesses that are legally organized, whether it is in the form of an LLC, a corporation, something of that nature. So you're taking the money, the dirty money, and funneling it into the clean money, trying to clean the money to create the appearance that it is legitimate money and that it's clean. So that's one of her charges, money laundering. Moving on to the conspiracy to commit wire fraud. So generally, conspiracy, that charge is going to stick when you're in agreement with one other individual to commit a criminal act. So fun fact on conspiracy, it requires two people. 
It has to be you and someone else and someone else. It could just be two people as well, but it has to be some sort of agreement to commit wire fraud, to uh, distribute narcotics. So essentially conspiracy is an agreement between what two individuals to commit a crime. So here she conspired to commit wire fraud, whether or not it's with her assistant or someone else. That's essentially what those two charges mean from a legal perspective. So although her assistant was charged, as I mentioned, Jen Shaw said she was innocent and she had nothing to do with it. Um, and she was pretty confident. But, you know, things change once you're sitting under those hot lights with detectives in your face questioning you. So you may think that you have it. You may think that you know what you're going to say or what the outcome is going to be. But when that pressure is applied, your stance might change, as it did in this case. So Jen Shaw pled guilty. Um, and, you know, prior to her pleading guilty, she was facing 11 to 14 years. So that's another reason why. And that's something that people don't understand within the criminal justice system. So sometimes, you know, people may assert their innocence and they may be innocent, you know, but they, don't, they just don't want to go to trial. Because our legal system is not made for people to go to trial. Our legal system is made for people to strike plea deals. Um, because honestly, if everybody went to trial, you know, the theory is that the legal system would collapse. Whether or not that's justice, you decide. I have my own opinions about it. But going back to Jen Shah. So prior to her pleading guilty, she was facing 11 to 14 years and she was adamant that she wanted to go to trial. Right. So she pled guilty, and as of uh, last week, I believe, um, late December, early January, she was sentenced to six and a half years. So, um, you know, many people are shocked by it. They don't understand it. Um, again, but in criminal law, that is a strategy to assert your innocence, have your lawyer build up your case, and you might not even plead guilty or take a plea deal until you see what the prosecutors are putting forth in terms of evidence. And we will keep you posted here on, on I Object. Now we're nearing the end of our show. But I'm so happy to have shared my first episode with you guys. And on to now, one of my favorite portions of the show, Objection of the Day. So this show is not going to end before I object to something that came across my desk, something you've read in the newspaper, something you've seen on the news. Today, I object to the state of Alabama's abortion pill prosecutions. Now, moving on to my objection of the day. Let's go. All rise. Objection, argumentative. Your Honor, I object. 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 Sustained. Now, for the objection of the day. Today's objection of the day goes to the state of Alabama. And I know, I know, it's held something sweet and close to your heart, given that it has the affinity of being called Sweet Home Alabama. And it is the birthplace of the civil rights movement, right? So we'll give them that. However, folks, 
According to CNN.com, last week, Alabama, more specifically, Alabama's Attorney General Steve Marshall said that women in the state of Alabama who use prescription drugs to terminate their pregnancies could be prosecuted. Prosecuted. What does that mean, prosecuted? Prosecuted means that you're charged with a crime, the police come to your house, and they arrest you. So let's back it up a little bit. The attorney general of Alabama said that women who use prescription drugs to terminate their pregnancies could be prosecuted under a chemical endangerment law, a drug law in the state of Alabama, even though Alabama's anti-abortion laws does not intend to punish women who receive abortions. So Steve Marshall made these comments in the wake of a decision earlier last month by the U.S. FDA. So the FDA is the federal agency that uh, essentially governs our drugs that come into America and that Americans consume. So the FDA allowed pharmacies, certified pharmacies, to dispense the abortion medication, Mifepristone. I hope I'm pronouncing that right. So pharmacies are allowed to dispense Mifepristone to people who have a a prescription. So to women who have a prescription, pharmacies are allowed to give women that prescription. Steve Marshall was also quoted as saying, the human life, Protection Act targets abortion providers exempting women upon whom an abortion is performed or attempted to be performed from liability under the law. I object to using this law to prosecute women who use the abortion pill that was approved by our U.S. FDA. So I'm quite sure that there will be litigation that we see in the near future, hopefully, to challenge the legality of using and misapplying the law. But I'm so excited that you tuned in and welcome to the party. I can't wait to catch you again next time. Until then, let me know your thoughts. What are your thoughts on affirmative action? Should it stay? Should it go? What should the Supreme Court do? What should we do? What should happen in the Jen Shah case? Are you happy about it? Are you not happy about it? What do you think about the state of Alabama and their use of this prosecution and initiative? What are your thoughts? But until then, hit the button below, like and subscribe, and I will see you next time. Court is adjourned and all rise. Court is adjourned. All rise. Join us next time for your legal news with a dash of cool. Thanks again for tuning in and catch you next time on I Object with attorney Kalia Solano Johnson.